Well, much to the joy and also the demise of some Razorback fans, Kendall Bryles is staying with the Razorbacks for at least another year. We'll talk about what that means. Also, Arkansas having a big road game against Auburn tomorrow. It's going to be a tough one, especially without Nick Smith, which we'll have an update on him as well. And prayers up to a former Razorback. It's all going to be coming up on today's Locked On Razorbacks podcast. You are Locked On Razorbacks, your daily podcast on the Arkansas Razorbacks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome into Locked On Razorbacks podcast. I am your host, John Neighbors. I am also the host of Out of Bounds. You can catch every weekday afternoon from 1 to 4 on 103.7 The Buzz and 103.7 The Buzz. Dot com. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Head over to Bet Online where the game starts. I hope everybody's having a wonderful Friday as we have finally made it to the weekend. And there's a lot of excitement surrounding the Razorback programs and basketball, as well as some mystery in football. So uh, there's going to be hopefully a lot more to talk about heading into next week, especially uh, with both football and basketball being so much in the news. But we got to start with the football news that happened yesterday, which, of course, has a mixed bag, a mixed reaction, where Kendall Bryles, we talked about the report that was coming out about him possibly going to Mississippi State, or at least him being offered a deal with Mississippi State to be their new offensive coordinator. Some people were saying that it was in the ballpark of being paid $1.9 million. Uh, so there was legitimate like smoke to that and part of it though the whole time is i kept thinking about all right well we got to remember who kendall Bryles's agent is and it's jimmy sexton and jimmy sexton does jimmy sexton things so was Bryles legitimately interested in mississippi state was uh there actually legitimate communication or was it just jimmy sexton doing his thing and getting his client paid uh yet to be determined i probably lean towards the latter but still, he's going to be the OC next year, and he even made uh, his first tweet of 2023. He doesn't tweet a whole lot, but uh, he did tweet out. He said, looking forward to 2024 with KJ Jefferson. Of course, he tagged Razorback Football to the Twitter account, and since KJ Jefferson announced his intentions of coming back too, uh, they're going to be rolling it back, and even KJ responded as well. Looking forward to it uh, there. So there you have it. He's officially coming back. Kendall Brawls is staying. It also looks like he's going to be getting, at least according to reports, a significant raise or at least a uh, contract extension. However, you want to look at it. Like, yeah, there's just, there's a, a, going to be types of things like that happening anytime you have a coach that ends up being uh, re retained and kept after having maybe some sort of flirtation with another job. So the funny thing about all of this, though, is the reaction from Razorback fans. Because all year long, and even towards the end of last year, I have noticed that Kendall Bryles is very polarizing among Razorback fans. There are some of you that think that he's great, that think he's, as, he's a great offensive coordinator. He does a great job with K.J. Jefferson. He does a great job with the offense. He puts up numbers. He has great scoring in his games and, and also has a great balance between running and passing. Like there's a lot of you that feel that way. And there's a lot of you that feel like he literally is the trashiest, most terrible offensive coordinator that could ever be. And he needs to be fired immediately because as long as he is still the coordinator, Arkansas is going to suck in every aspect of the game. Like it's just, it, it's one or the other for most of you. And then there are some of you where 
I think, reasonable, and maybe, again, maybe just hear from the fringe people. Now, there's some of you that are kind of like me, where I believe Kendall Bryles is a really good offensive coordinator, one of the better ones in the SEC. And I say that while also acknowledging that he's not perfect. There are times where mistakes may be made. There are times where play calls, for instance, may be done in a, in a way that is not what they needed, not what they needed to do. And in a lot of those cases, too, you got to remember, it, it may not always just be, oh, Kendall Browell's doing this. It may be overridden by Sam Pittman at times because he has the final say. Or Sam Pittman's like, hey, I want to start running the ball more. And Kendall Bryles is like, has to adjust in it. Sometimes that happens. So to say that Bryles just has 100% of the say in every single play call and every single play call he makes is solely on his decision is just not true. Most of them, the majority of them, vast majority of them are, I would believe that. But uh, you also got to take that into consideration where some of those plays, who knows, maybe it wasn't him. Maybe it was some other entity. But my whole thing with Kendall Bryles is I like the way that he runs an offense. I like the way that Arkansas is extremely balanced. I love the fact that K.J. Jefferson has become such a weapon for Arkansas. They run the ball about as effectively as anybody in the SEC. They were second in SEC in rushing this year. Rocket Sanders had a phenomenal season. They have good game plans for the most part, but it, you know, get off to slow starts and everything. I understand that was a problem. But I think their adjustments as far as their game plans go into the second half are always really good. So they're, they've are they been good at making adjustments. I, I think that you've seen creativity. You've seen uh, ability to go up against really good defensive teams and find ways to score, especially this past year. So there are a lot of redeeming qualities of Kendall Bryles and the job that he does at Arkansas and in the job he does as an offensive coordinator. I think that's one of the main reasons why K.J. Jefferson continues to remain here at Arkansas. I think there's a great rapport with him and Kendall Bryles, and I think that you're going to see another really good offense, statistically especially, heading into this upcoming season. Now, obviously, there's going to be some changes that have been made with strength and conditioning. And hopefully, that fixes a lot of the issues that Arkansas had when it came to their physicality and also their uh, pretty rough starts against teams. There's going to be some different wide receivers out there on the field. Pretty much every wide receiver is going to be different from what they had in this past year. So that's going to be changed. And you'll have a couple more offensive linemen that didn't play last year that are going to be playing this upcoming season. So there will be some changes, but you're still going to have KJ. You're still going to have Rocket. At least, again, all at this point, you're still going to have AJ Green. You're still going to have Rashad Dabinian. Um, you, you really upgraded your quarterback room with not only KJ Jefferson, but with Jacoby Criswell and Malachi Singleton. I think those guys are going to be rock stars in the locker room alone. So... I, I like what I just like what he's got going for him heading into the new year. The biggest question is going to be wide receiver because I even think a tight end. I know they lost Trey Knox, but I think that the freshmen, and I know they're hosting a lot of guys in the transfer portal. I think they're going to be better off at tight end than they were the past year. Like really the only position that I don't think they're going to be better off at just because it's so mysterious right now is wide receiver. I think they'll be better at tight end. They'll be better at running back, better at quarterback and offensive line potentially could be better. Uh, but you did lose a few guys, but I feel like with Sam Pittman and Cody Kennedy there, you're always going to have a really great offensive line. So there's potential there, all depending on the wide receivers, where this offense could be substantially better next season than what they were this past season. And this past season, the offense was really good. If you think about what KJ Jefferson, he was, he was the main dude, 
He uh, threw for almost 2,700 yards, 24 touchdowns, and had five interceptions. It's a great touchdown to interception ratio because uh, K.J. Jefferson in three years at Arkansas has only thrown nine interceptions. It's pretty good. Uh, so K.J. had 640 yards with nine touchdowns. Uh, so he's, he's had a great job with that. So he, it, just the quarterback situation has been awesome. Rocket Sanders had uh, 1443 as far as yards go. Uh, six and a half uh, yards of carry, had 10 touchdowns. Matt Landers had 900 yards receiving this year. Hazelwood had 700 yards receiving this year. And so I just, I, I the offense is there. It really is. They, they did a great job of balancing it up where Arkansas averaged nearly um, 400 yards per game. Uh, or, well, the, uh, sorry, going up through it. I'm learning from hogsports.com. So in 2020, they averaged 391 yards per game, 25 and a half points. And then the next year, they had 441 yards average and then 31 point, points per game. And then the next year, this past season, 477 yards per game and 32 and a half points per game. So each year under Kendall Bryles, Arkansas offensively has gotten better at yards per game and uh, points per game. And you could even make the argument that it was with a increasing difficulty of schedule and quarterback changes that went along with it too. But I know it's not in a popular opinion to some of you. Some of you are going to be in the comment section ripping me because you think Kendall Bryles is crap. You think he sucks. You think he's awful. You want to get somebody else in. You were bummed to hear the news that he's coming back. And you know what? That's fine. That's your opinion. Like, do whatever you want. But I just have a hard time believing that I can sit here and say, Kendall Bryles coming back is bad for Arkansas because I know that this person, this person, this person, this person could come in right now and be tremendously, significantly better than what Kendall Bryles is doing at Arkansas right now. Like, how many offensive coordinators can you say that about? So we'd be like, well, Bobby Petrino is going to AM, which is still pisses me off. We haven't had time to talk about that, but still. It's like, yo, well, we could just hire Bobby Petrino. He'd be better. Okay. But that's not going to happen. Bobby Petrino is not going to get hired at Arkansas again. Okay. And even if it did, like, I just don't know how that would work as him as an OC. He hasn't been an OC since 2003. He's been a head coach every single place he's been. How's that going to work? We'll see. Could work really well. But that's like the only name I hear people just bring up. Oh, bring Bobby back. Okay. Anybody else? Anybody else realistically that you can bring back? I mean, seriously, think about that. Kendall Bryles is a high-level Power 5 offensive coordinator. And honestly, folks, he is one of the best offensive coordinators in the SEC. I know you don't want to hear that. I know that you're going to get mad about it. I know you're going to try to throw out these random stats about why he's not good. But that's just, it's just a fact. Like talk to anybody that has watched college football and that knows college football and has no sort of bias towards Arkansas or anything. And they'll tell you the same thing. Now, again, all that being said, I do not believe that Kendall Riles goes without criticism. They're just like every coach. Like I think like I'll name them. So that way, because people just thinking I'm just some sort of homer that loves Kendall Riles. I think it was bad where play calling at times were so head-scratchingly dumb and frustrating that I don't understand what the point of it was. I think that there were times, in fact, almost every time when they try to run a trick play, wide receiver, reverse pass, it has never worked, ever, at all. I hate it when those things happen, and they should never be ran unless it can work to perfection. I also don't like the fact that this past year, there wasn't a more capable 
quarterback backing up KJ Jefferson and, and the development because Malik Hornsby was not good. Kate Fortin was better, but still not great. And the way that KJ Jefferson plays, you know that there's probably going to be times where you're going to have to have a situation where a backup comes in just because, you know, he gets dinged up, he gets hurt or whatever. And even though that was really bad this year and that was a criticism, I think he addressed that this offseason by bringing in this great quarterback group. So again, I am not saying Kendall Bryles is perfect. I am not even saying he's the greatest out there. But the reaction some people have in saying that Kendall Bryles is so horrible and he's holding Arkansas back, is there's just no evidence in that. There's zero proof, zero evidence. It's just people who like take meticulous little plays here and there and just say it's trash. Because a lot of those plays too, folks, because they don't work out or whatever it may be, a lot of times it could be execution too. It might be the perfect play call, but somebody misses a block. Somebody run, runs the wrong route. Somebody falls down. Like There's so many things that can be involved in those deals. So just remember that you have Kendall Bryles, and there's a reason why there's other people that want Kendall Bryles and have wanted Kendall Bryles. They're not, he's not getting all these interests and offers because they just think he's bad or because of the terrible job he's done at Arkansas. People see that he's really good. So I know it's going to be tough for some of you, but just remember, you got a good one. I'm happy he's staying. I think Arkansas is going to be just as good, maybe even better offensively next year. And if they can just show up that defense, the schedule lightens up, there's potential there. But I'm glad KB's staying. I guess we'll find out exactly what his contract looks like. But that was some good news to me. Maybe not to some of you out there, too. Folks, if you're looking for a delicious treat, but don't all the want the fat and calories, Bill Bar is the only thing you need. Let's be honest about it. During the new year, new year's, new year's resolution, new year, new me, whatever it may be, you want to try to eat a little bit healthier. But it's tough, you know, to cook all that food, to try new things that may or may not taste good. Like it can be pretty tough. But luckily with Bill Bar, you don't have to worry about any sort of cooking or you don't have to worry about it not tasting great because they are phenomenal, covered in 100% chocolate. And they have less than 130 calories and literally 17 grams of protein. Like you can't beat that type of deal. And they come in different flavors that you can choose from. And you can have it on the go. I have one every single morning right after my workout. I have one every single afternoon right before my radio show. And it brings me out through the day. They taste great. They help me out and they work. So check them out. You can go to built.com, look at their entire assortment of different flavors. But also, since we are here in Arkansas, I know a lot of you out there probably heard of a place called Walmart. They're actually selling them at Walmart and Sam's Club. So you can go to the pharmacy area and look at all the protein bars, which you can just skip all those because they're not as good, and go to Built Bar and get you a box. So check them out. Walmart and Sam's Club, they're over there, as well as checking them out online at Built.com. That's Built Bar for you. You are Locked On Razorbacks, your daily podcast on the Arkansas Razorbacks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, so continuing on with the Locked On Razorbacks podcast, uh, Arkansas has a big road test against Auburn coming up in basketball this Saturday, and Auburn is a team that is still good, possibly an NCAA tournament team, but they are not as good as what they were last year. So this is going to be a pretty intriguing matchup for various reasons. Auburn's at 11 and three this year. They are one and one in SEC play. They beat Florida at home by three to start conference play. And Florida is not a good team. 
And then they lost on the road to Georgia by 12, which Georgia is not a good basketball team either. I know that they're sitting at nine and three, but or 11 and three. They won their conference game, but people just got to remember, look at who they played. Because even I was looking at Georgia's schedule. I was like, okay, well, maybe, maybe that record is actually better than what we thought. Well, no, because the three games they've lost to, it was Wake Forest, UAB, and Georgia Tech. So, again, not saying they're a trash team, but they're not a tournament team, at least at this point in time. So that's a that's not a good loss for Auburn. And so uh, this is going to be an interesting test as Arkansas plays them. 7.30 on the SEC Network We happening on Saturday. And even though Auburn's technically ranked right now, it'll be uh, hard for me to believe that they'll stay ranked at that point in time. But the point is, is that you're going to be going into a hostile environment and against a team in Auburn that really wants to beat you. Because the last time they faced each other, we remember in Bud Walton Arena, they were number one in the country. Arkansas beat them in overtime and they stormed the court. And it was a mob scene and it was really fun. And I loved trolling all those Auburn fans because they were like, oh, everybody's storming the court against us because we're a blue blood program. It's like, no idiots. They're storming the court because you have the number one next to your name. They, it wouldn't matter if it was Vanderbilt. If Vanderbilt was number one in the country and whoever beat them, they're probably going to storm the court. Does that mean Vanderbilt's a blue blood? No. So get over yourselves. This is going to be a, a good game for, for many different reasons. I know Muss is really going to want to win this one uh, because of the history between the two teams. But if you just look at the stats and on paper, because that's what I always kind of enjoy looking at as far as how they compare. Now, Arkansas is in Auburn are pretty much dead even when it comes to points per game given up defensively. So that's really intriguing. 62.2 Arkansas has given up. 62.8 is what Auburn's given up. So you're talking about two teams that are really good defensively and hold their opponents to a very low scoring margin. That's what really has made the difference for Arkansas at times this year is just the way that they're able to play really good defense. They did a really good job against Missouri. They did a really good job against LSU, just didn't have anything offensively. So I'm not worried about the defense. Defense travels. I think Arkansas is going to just do fine in this one. Auburn does out-rebound Arkansas by about three and a half per game. Uh, so you got uh, Auburn averaging about 39 and a half rebounds a game. Arkansas averaging 36 rebounds a game. Assists per game is pretty much dead even, too. Both teams are averaging 14 assists a game. Uh, block shots, though. Auburn uh, definitely holds the, uh, the margin there. They're averaging 6.6 blocks a game. So they have some dudes down there that are going to try to mix it up down low and get some block shots. Arkansas is averaging 4.8. But Arkansas does have more steals per game where it is uh, 10.5, so about 10.5 steals per game for Arkansas, 8.5 steals for Auburn. So a pretty even matchup, and according to the ESPN FBI, I think it's what's called, the, the or no, it's the BPI, the Basketball Players Index, not the FBI. Uh, it's right sitting there 51% in favor of Auburn. So again, it's pretty much deadlocked in that regard so uh Wendell Green Jr. for Auburn we all remember old Wendell uh he's leading the scoring for Auburn with 12.3 points per game and then Johnny Broom is averaging 12.1 points per game over the past 10 games so you have kind of uh, two guys that really do a good job uh getting to the basket but offensively though Arkansas still holds the edge there is they're averaging around 78 points per game and Auburn's averaging about 71 points per game so offense is going to be key whichever team can play better offense in this game is really going to be the team that ends up winning it so uh Auburn though the last 10 games kind of looking at it it's been it's been pretty good for them but Arkansas's past 10 games have been even better so that's another thing you got to look at too because Auburn's seven and three in their last 10 Arkansas's eight and two in their last 10 
And uh, again, defensively, it's just been a huge difference there too. So I, I really don't know what to expect. Like, I feel like if Arkansas just plays a decent game offensively, like where they're not going four of 28 from three, something like that, they'll win this game. I think Arkansas is better because you talk about like Auburn is not as good as what they were last year. Arkansas still, even without Nick Smith and Trevin Brazil, I still think is a better overall basketball team than what they were last year. So as long as Arkansas just plays their game, they should win this game. And that'll be really nice heading into Alabama next week in Bud Walton Arena. So I think Arkansas can take care of business. It's just really tough to count on whether or not this offense is – you can't get down – because here's the thing. You can't get down 17 points on the road like you did against Missouri at home and expect to win. Like, that. not saying it's impossible because Muss and this team has proven many things that I would think would be impossible that they end up taking care of business. You just don't want to put yourself in that situation. You don't want to get down big. You don't want to have a slow start and get the fans all in, into an energized to start because they're going to be raucous there at the jungle or whatever they call it with their cute little 9,000-seat arena or however many people are in it, but they're going to be bringing the heat. So Arkansas is going to have to have to really uh, play their play, play a good game here. Can't, can't do anything to where you're just very uh, slow. And I think council and black and Walsh are going to be your guys that you have to worry about. And we'll also had it real quick, a, a update on Nick Smith must said in his press conference yesterday that Nick Smith is essentially going to be out for at least the month of January. That's where he is at. Uh, has it ruled him out for the season? He's going to be out for the month of January, and we'll see where it goes from there. I still believe he plays again. I still do, but at least we know that this tough stretch that Arkansas has on their schedule is going to be without Nick Smith. But Arkansas is good enough. They're talented enough to win these games. And so I believe that they'll still take care of business. But it's it's going to be something to where I want Nick Smith back 100%. And if it's not until February where he comes back, then so be it. You know, like there's been other examples of that. Like I remember Zion Williamson, he was out for a good period of time for Duke and he came back late in the season and still played. I expect Nick Smith to do the same thing if he's able to, but he's getting treatment in California, some of the best treatment possible. So hopefully he ends up being better. Hopefully he ends up being back and hopefully Arkansas can continue to do really well without Nick Smith. So that way when he does come back, he can just add to an already really great performing team with the Razorbacks. We will do our final segment here on the Locked On Razorbacks podcast, not only for today, but for the weekend. So don't miss it. You are Locked On Razorbacks, your daily podcast on the Arkansas Razorbacks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, so final segment here on the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. This is kind of a, a crazy, scary story, which we know that uh, in football we've had some Crazy, scary things happening here recently, but this is definitely one dealing with a former Razorback, Peyton Hillis, which we all know Peyton Hillis. If you're a Razorback football fan, especially over the past 15 years, you know the name Peyton Hillis, uh, one of the great running backs in Razorback history. But this was reported yesterday. It was kind of rumored, and then it became a real report where Peyton Hillis is in critical condition following a drowning incident with his kids. The incident happened in Pensacola, Florida, and apparently that he was out there and with his family and his kids were drowning in the Gulf, like drowning out there on the beach. And so he ran out there, swam out there. And again, this is just a story. And he ran out there and saved his children's lives, which they're healthy. They're fine. They're good to go. But whatever happened, we don't know details of it specifically, but whatever happened, it was uh, pretty detrimental to the health of Peyton Hillis. And he had to be helicoptered to the hospital. And he is now, of course, according right now, 
still unconscious in the ICU. Now, his uncle, Greg, went on to uh, Facebook to give an update on his situation. He says, quote, I just wanted to let everyone know on Razorback Nation that Peyton is doing better. He's still in intensive care and having some problems with his kidneys and his lungs, but the doctors say that he is improving. Just wanted to head off any rumors that may be started. I'm sure everyone, I'm sure he would want everyone to know that he appreciates all the prayers thrown up on his behalf. So that's the latest on Peyton Hillis. And it's just like a scary thing, man, where, uh, you know, we see uh, athletes and, you know, former athletes in this case, uh, you know, having scary moments and, and, and everything. But, uh, I'll, I'll say this about Peyton because I don't want to try to act like this is some memorial because it's not like I, we're just hoping and praying that he gets better and uh, that he continues to uh, be able to improve through the developments with the hospital. But um, here's the thing about Peyton. I, I have always been a huge fan of Peyton Hillis. I was a huge fan of his when he was in college. Uh, always loved his uh, the way he played where, I mean, I, I talked to people that were on that Razorback football team with that was like walk-ons you know like guys are just like scout team and because i was around time i was at the u of a and i remember a few of them told me that they said listen Darren mcfadden is 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 in the goat like that dude is just incredible like we see him in practice like but the best football player on the team is peyton hills like that's what i heard like they said the best just football player where put him at any position put him on defense offense put him at wide receiver put him at running back put him on d line safety kicker, whatever, he'll be great at it. Like he was just that good. And so that's kind of the way I remember it. I still, um, as you all know, I don't really care much for the way Houston Nutt handled things here at Arkansas. I still think it was mismanaged uh, with a lot of those uh, deals with Peyton Hillis. Um, not saying that it was all on Houston Nutt, but I just felt like it could have been so much better for Peyton. We know he went to the NFL and had a couple of really good years, got on the cover of Madden. And, you know, just just a crazy, cool little journey that he's been on. And every time that I've ever talked to him I, or I've had him on my radio show or asked him to come on, he's always come on. Uh, I remember a couple of years ago, we made some comments about Arkansas and uh, it was on some interview or whatnot. And they were kind of clipped maybe out of context where it made it sound like he was just trashing the U of A, trashing uh, Sam Pittman and all those things. And it, it, I had him on my show to kind of, you know, justify or at least clear up some of the comments he made and he didn't hesitate. He comes on. He's like, man, I, you know, I love Arkansas. I root for the Razorbacks. I, I cheer for him every single day. And he was really bringing up. He's like, I just didn't like the way things were handled under the previous administration. So he's talking more about uh, maybe things under Jeff Long or things with Brett Bielema or Bobby Petrino or whatever it may be. He was just kind of voicing his displeasure with that too. But I've always been a fan of Peyton. I, I not only as a player, but again, every time I've met him and interacted with him, he's been extremely kind and uh, always very helpful and, you know, doesn't have an ego to him or anything at all. So uh, thoughts and prayers to him. Hopefully he recovers well. And the fact that he did that uh, and is going through this because he went out to save his children just shows you the type of guy he is where, you know, he, he, it's a heroic type of thing. That is a heroic move by a guy who obviously cares very much about his family. So that makes it even sadder, but let's just hope and pray that he ends up being better. Yeah, he has a great recovery and uh, that uh, he'll be able to continue on living his life and enjoying uh, being with his family and raising his kids. So uh, thoughts and prayers to you, Peyton. Razorback Nation's thinking of you. Appreciate everybody listening in to the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. Be sure to like and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or on Google Play. You can also get after me on Twitter at Neighbors for any questions, comments, concerns that you may have 
We'll keep it going from there. Same podcast time, same podcast channel tomorrow afternoon. Have a great day, everybody. We'll see you then.